Go Ask Alice is a show intended for adult audiences because adults want to learn too. Sometimes we cover sensitive material, so please take care of yourselves and listener discretion is advised. Now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Go Ask Alice, the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes and bring you wonderful factoids from our adventures in Wiki Wonderland. I'm Drew, and Steve bought me my first porn game on Steam. This <laughs> one is. Oh my god. I, I'm, I'm Lindsay, and I'm a brunette. Mm. We've, got, we've got tame and we've got wild. Um, wild. And I'm Sarah, and I cut bangs into my hair. Well, I paid someone to cut bangs into my hair this week. Oh! Yeah, you're mm. up there. <laughs> this is the show where we jump down random internet rabbit holes every week. We start on the same wiki page for the same wiki article every week, and then end up in drastically different places by clicking on hyperlinks throughout the article, such that we find something metrically interesting or horribly fascinating that we cannot wait to share with each other and all of you. This episode is particularly special to one of our patrons on Patreon by the name of Luna. Luna chose our starting page, Beezin, <laughs> a.k.a. what you do when you put Bert's bees under your eyes to stay awake. And I'm I've incredibly partial this. to this. It is- <laughs> it's wild. I mean, I want to try it to feel what it feels like, but also I'm like, ew. It is the only way... <laughs> The only way Luna and I got our undergraduate degrees together. (laughs) We would sit there in class, just like apply, 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 burning our eyes open to stay awake. Oh my God. I used it all through grad school. It is, but it works. (laughs) It works. Torture's a Becca. It really did keep me awake. (laughs) So. Before we dive into where we ended up, uh, because I'm sure we ended up on wildly different places, uh, we have to address the question of the week. And this week's question was, what movie have you or will you never see either for the first time or again based on principle? So I'm going to ask Lindsay to go first. I've made it this long having never seen Frozen, and so I never will. (laughs) It's such a good movie. I hate musicals, Sarah. Me too, but this is a a good musical. No, I take it back. I don't hate musicals. Some of them are a bit trying, but... (laughs) Frozen is excellent. I imagine you watching watching a musical and you're like... Mm, that was a bit desperate. <laughs> I don't see the character justification here. Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Like someone tried to sell seeing Hamilton to me. One of my best friends, actually. She's like, yeah, it's excellent. There's no dialogue. They just speak through songs. And my first no. response was, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit desperate, that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Some good. musicals are really, really good, though. <sighs> okay, Drew. Um, I don't know if you two are going to hate me for this, uh, but out of principle, I will not see Titanic. <gasps> 100% will not see Titanic ever. <laughs> well, you already know how it ends, so what's the point? <laughs> yeah, what's the fucking point? Uh, the ship goes down, great, and people die, awesome. It is like, really good, That's though. it. 
Oh my it's god, this long. is long. It is fucking long. But the steamy love story between Leonardo and Kate Winslet, oh, take my money. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's like... Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. I'm not gonna say what I'd rather do. <laughs> You'd rather play Steve's new game than watch that. <laughs> what about you, Sarah? Oh if it's God. not Frozen and it's not Titanic, what is it? Um. Okay, so I would never see, and Netflix keeps advertising it to me, and I want it to stop. It's Jack and Jill, which has Adam Sandler playing playing himself and then a woman. And my principle is just because Adam Sandler annoys the shit out of me unless he's in a movie with Drew Barrymore. If Drew Barrymore is there, I love it. If she's not there, I can't stand it. I would (laughs) like Netflix to stop. (laughs) This is is actually a cry for help. (laughs) Please, Netflix, stop this. (laughs) Um, Those are great answers. We do have some listener answers as well. So we have from Gunshizer, um, our friend Michelle. She said that she's seen this movie, but she absolutely would not watch it again. And that's Midsummer, which Mm. is that Florence Plough movie, which I thought was, yeah, it's a lot. And she says, like, even if I'm being paid to, I just, you know, that movie put a weird ass funk on me for a good two weeks. So I I believe mm. it. it was a pretty violent movie. Yeah. Not it, age appropriate. No, you got to be a real adult for that. <laughs> a real, real adult. <laughs> and then our friend Geist said uh, they would never watch something called Atlas Shrugged. And I had no idea what this was. I Googled it. It's a book. Um, but they said that they remember hearing um, like the synopsis briefly from their mum and was like, nah, that is not the energy nah. that I <laughs> would like to give. And they don't agree with certain philosophies in it. So they avoided it, um, which fair enough. I feel yeah, like fair. Anne Rand can be pretty polarizing in that way. So that's a fair one. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are great answers. If you, if you listening want to either answer the question of the week or ask the question of the week, you have many options. You can come hang out with us on Twitter, go ask Alice Pod, but you can also join our Patreon. You can just search on patreon.com, go ask Alice. And when you subscribe at the tier that it, I think is only really the second or third tier, very affordable. You get question you can, of the week. Make our yeah. Or the even <laughs> the starting page, which is how we got to Beeson this week. Hell yeah. Yes. So where did everyone end up? Well, <laughs> I ended up on something called Mass Psychogenic Illness, or MPI for short. What? Oh, is this like... You might know it. Mass Hysteria? Mass Hysteria, <gasps> exactly. <gasps> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Do we need to put a warning on this show? Like talking about mass hysteria will will cause mass hysteria. <laughs> All I think Maybe. about is satanic panic of the seventies and eighties. Well, that's that's more like moral panic. Oh, that's okay. Uh, Less of a mass that's a hysteria. More moral panic. Okay, more moral. Yeah, I'm not a moral. I mean, I'm moral, but I'm not religiously moral. So, Satan, don't scare me. <laughs> So is this like when your when your cats get the zoomies and then the other one's like shit we gotta run? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's, well, you'll find out. You'll find out very oh, soon. I can't wait. I can't wait. Wow. 
Wow. Okay, so I ended up on something called Cunning Folk, and they are basically helpful folk magic people. So I ended up on that topic. I love that you guys both before the show were like, I only took three clicks, and then you both ended up like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. But also like kind of a little bit... Uh, I don't know what what word I would use to unite them, like kind of um, edgy in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about Dennis Wilson, who is the drummer of the Beach Boys. Oh, <laughs> okay. How did you get there? Was it many clicks? It was extremely uncountably many clicks, yes. so very different than you guys. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Okay. Brilliant. <laughs> Should we do we want to start with some mass hysteria and end with some magic? Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Scare the shit out of us, Drew. All right. So, as I said, we're on mass psychogenic illness, or I'm going to probably call it MPI for short because it's mm. just it's way easier to say. Um, and what I actually had clicked on uh, was the more common name mass hysteria or epidemic hysteria. That's another term for it. So okay. uh, it's very, very cool names. Very um, cool. And as I said, I, I got to this page very, very quickly. Um, I was very tempted to stop in moral panic because moral panic I find very funny. But uh, <laughs> when I saw mass hysteria, I was just like, I got to click on that. I find I moral know. panic hilarious. It's so funny. <laughs> because, oh, you can't be doing that. It's rock music. Uh, so <laughs> well, I think, ironically, there's a bit of moral panic in my topic because witchcraft. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. You can't go to the mm. sock hop. Yeah, you can't go to the big drink because there's people there that are going to get you bad. It's rock music. They're going to get you bad. Anyway... What is mass psychogenic illness? So, like, what does that mean? Well, it's cool because it involves the spread of an illness, like illness symptoms, through a population where there is no infectious agent responsible for the contagion. Oh. So it's 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 purely a psychological illness that rapidly spreads through a group of people with symptoms affecting different members of the group. Yeah. Okay. So I've heard of so this it's really before. Cool. Um, yeah. There was like a marching band. Parade. I don't know if you're going to talk about that, that example. Marching band parade. Yeah, it was a big mystery in the States where so many people fell ill and were fainting and they were like, oh my God, it's in the water. It was like a big gathering for some like parade. And they're pretty sure a couple of kids got heat stroke and then people started like mass hysteria, having the symptoms based off the panic of yes. watching these children yes. faint. Whoa. Yes, that's that is a perfect example of MPI. That is a perfect example. Oh, weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's so weird because uh, this this psychological phenomenon it manifests as physical symptoms that are exhibited unconsciously, so you're not really right. thinking about it, and have like no corresponding organic causes. It's literally just like there's something. It's like a a, a nervous system disturbance, but you know, it's not caused by anything organic. It's not like a virus or a bacteria or anything. It's just like your brain's doing it. How clever um, is our so, body and also a little bit evil? Like, how stupid more like. Yeah, like <laughs> calm down, body. <laughs> exactly. Because it's it's like the spread of an imagined disease through a population. It's just like, it's, it's, <laughs> it, uh, it's just so funny. It's just, it's a little bit funny to me. Um, 
But MPI is distinct from other, term, other types of collective delusions because it actually has physical symptoms that are associated with it. Like other delusions may be, you know, not physical, but this one has, has like the physical symptoms associated with it. Um, and there were some distinct patterns to these outbreaks. Uh, for example, these outbreaks involve uh, symptoms that have no plausible organic basis, as I said, uh, symptom, symptoms that are transient and benign. So they're like, they're very quick to go away, very rapid onset, very rapid recovery kind of a thing. Um, they happen in segregated groups. Uh, the presence of extraordinary anxiety, which is, you know, mood, but, you know, also, <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. that uh, is is a very big component of MPI is just extraordinary anxiety. And then um, the symptoms are spread via sight, sound, and oral communication. So it's like you talk about it and then other people start having those symptoms. It's, it's super cool. And the last one, you're not gonna be a fan of this one. Uh, the preponderance of female participants is the last category or like the last um, distinct pattern. What's a preponderance? Um, like a large amount of female participants. Oh, so it's like one woman faints and then it's like all the other women just a faint. A lot of women, yeah. I wonder if that's yeah, that's... females are generally more empathetic. We're just so impressionable. We, <laughs> we should not like... be trusted to think by ourselves. No! <laughs> <laughs> no! No! I'm No, kidding. we're not going down that route. We're not going down that route. Stop this. Um, Drew's like, stop action, it, you have rights. Stop it, you have rights. Take them. Um, take them. <laughs> <laughs> don't take them away. That's not what I'm doing. Anyway, um, so, so I actually read a bit of the literature on the subject, and two papers that I came across both said the, like, the, that there's a large amount of women in it. So mm, okay. you know, don't shoot the messenger here. I don't know. It's, it's, I, guess, I guess they're more empathetic. So I, I guess that makes sense. It could, anyway. it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's on. a, oh no, it could be. I think that there's a lot of possible reasons, but I'm like kind of laughing to myself because as you're describing this, this is like kind of a prank we used to play on my dad. <laughs> 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 my dad would just like get a bit of a sore throat and be like, it's the flu. I have the flu. Like he'd be super dramatic about it. And so my mom mm -hmm said it's the power of suggestion like you suggest it and then your dad has symptoms and she was like mad about it like she was annoyed that he was doing this so I as a kid wanted to see if that was true so I would pretend to be getting sick and then all of a sudden my dad was sick and then like would display symptoms of being sick even though I completely made it up <laughs> oh my god he had a little man that flu. poor man <laughs> poor man Getting gaslit. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> well, his symptoms, what is it, the um, sympathetic nervous system was just like, oh, high alert all of the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, now hearing the other like symptoms, like, oh, it happens under high stress. I'm like, oh, man, my dad was just really stressed. Oh. I was just being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh <my> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Papa. Uh -huh. <laughs> that is funny. Anyway, uh, so our good friend the DSM four, um, not the DSM five. Very good friend. No, not the DSM five. The DSM four. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't think it has been categorized in the DSM five, but they said specifically DSM four. They get into it. Um, 
Yeah, they're getting to it. <laughs> well, they may never get to it because it's it's. We'll get to there. Okay. Um. So the DSM four does not have a specific diagnosis for this condition, um. But the text does describe a conversion disorder, and conversion disorders are basically these psychological disorders in which physical symptoms are present with no organic cause. Mm. And so the DSM four states that the epidemic hysteria involves shared symptomatic uh, shared symptoms, and developing in a certain. <laughs> This, was, this word's going to get me. Developing a circumscribed or limited group of people following exposure, like quote-unquote exposure, to a common or precipitant. God, that, they used a lot of big words there. <laughs> Basically, it means you get exposed to something yeah. that's fake. Not fake, but you get exposed to something that you believe is, is like illness-causing, and then that just spreads amongst a group. Yeah. So that's, that's basically what it means. It's almost a little bit like... Um... What's it called now? Um, oh my gosh, I forgot the name. Munchausen's or Munchausen's by proxy. I don't think it's called that yeah. anymore. Um, but yeah, it's almost like accidental Munchausen's by proxy because these people don't realize that their symptoms aren't real, but their brain mm. is like, yes, they are. That's yeah, that's wild. that's a conversion disorder. Yeah, it's it's super wild and. It was funny uh, the the list of symptoms that like came up from this um, for like for outbreaks. Like I won't go into every single one of them, but they were I could easily see them being as psychosomatic because there are things like headaches, dizziness, fatigue, like nausea, all of those mm. that that there's no you can't measure those. So it's like if you said oh. I have a fever, you don't have a fever, or like you do, you can measure that. Yes. Right. But all of these, like you can't, you can't give someone a, a headache check. Be like, oh, knock knock. Like, do you have a headache? <laughs> like, hopefully that didn't hurt. Like that doesn't work. Like that that's that's so not gonna true. that's not gonna tell you. Bonk bonk. So they're bonk bonk. They're all they're all psychosomatic, and so um, or they can be psychosomatic can be. because there's just no way to measure them. And so that's I found very interesting was that these like that like all the symptoms were 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 in that category of b like could be psychosomatic yeah and um the major problem with this is that research on the subject is very sparse because there's no really good way to do a controlled experiment yeah. how do you so, freak people um, out enough yeah. and ethically i feel like the the ethics or the university ethics board would be like absolutely yeah. not well, absolutely <laughs> like, not no. yeah. <laughs> You want to create mass hysteria? Like, no. no. <laughs> so have there been events in history that people draw from? Oh, my God. We we're going to talk about okay. that. Woo! Um, because I literally say I want to give you some examples of mass hysteria because I found them to be very funny. And I hope I hope you find them funny, too, or else I'm going to seem like an asshole. <laughs> I'm sure we will. As long as no one and thus, died. And thus we oh, created no one, a laugh no one track. Died, yeah. Okay, no one Okay, no one died. Yeah, we'll put canned no laughter in. Just in case. Yeah, we'll get, <laughs> get sitcom <laughs> laughter in the background every time Drew says something. <laughs> it's mass hysterica. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the fake is like ah <laughs> That would be great. So, <laughs> the earliest studied case of epidemic hysteria comes to us from the Middle Ages, uh, which was, was really time. cool. So, this mass hysteria involved people 
experiencing what's called dancing mania. Yeah, large groups of people would be affected with erratic dancing. <laughs> they were just they were just fucking dancing, and <laughs> go on. Were you about to say something, Lindsay? I think people did die from that one. I, I think, think they danced to death. I, I have they... a feeling I've heard of this I... before, and no one could figure out what the fuck was happening. <laughs> They're just oh like, fuck, God. I gotta dance. Wait, why do I imagine, like, people doing the chicken dance? <laughs> just, like, crying like, I yeah. can't stop. I can't. <laughs> oh, the poor oh people. Because didn't this go from town to town as it well? Did? So people like, what is happening? It would, it not only went from town to town, but it would last weeks on end. Oh, my God. <laughs> and people believe this was like either spirit possession here's the two things it was either spirit possession or bitten by a tarantula those are your two options (laughs) like either you got bitten by a tarantula or your spirit or you're possessed i feel like you'd know if you got bitten by a tarantula i feel i feel like an amphisbana should cure this yeah wrap it around your neck oh my god Oh, wait so can you imagine this... can you imagine like like there's like you know you're at the market blah 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 and then underneath the hustle and bustle you hear in the like low low distance it's coming oh my god this should be a really shitty horror, uh, horror movie I'd watch it I think that's funny it reminds me a bit of you know that movie um the bird box with Sandra Bullock and it's like they can't yes. see what this but dancing. <laughs> if you hear the music, you will dance to your death. You will <laughs> <dance>. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're laughing because this is like, I find this so funny. Imagine you told us this and we just sat there staring at you like, Drew, people died. That's not. People died. Like, this is fucked up, dude. Did Drew, people, people dance to their death. Let's confirm, did people die? And then we can get the guilt out of our system. So, so <laughs> this dancing yeah. um, accompanied, it, 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 had, it was accompanied by stripping, howling, <laughs> and making obscene gestures. Maybe and they then, were just high. Uh, who knows? Maybe someone knows? had found some like wacky tobacco or some, you know, special <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> Baked it into the... Uh, into the cookies of the town. The town cookies. <laughs> the town cookies, you know. <laughs> or I mean, like, maybe some, like, mushrooms made it into the well or something like that, you know. Yeah, exactly. Or um, there were just a lot of tarantulas. There's just a lot of tarantulas, point. a lot of spirits. And I have good news. It is not confirmed whether people actually died. There was a myth that it was, like, 15 people a day were dying, but there's no evidence of that. So we can so laugh. The, we can laugh. <laughs> yeah. And the wiki article even said this. Uh, the wiki article said that people <laughs> would would be so stricken with laughter or crying that they would go to the point of death. And I don't know how that's possible, that you'd laugh or cry yourself to death. But that was a, a reported thing that would happen amongst these dancing groups. Wait, so they're was, like was stripping people... and crying while they're dancing? Stripping and crying and howling and wow. th- they're they're laughing. Maybe it was it's... rabies. 
<laughs> I, but the, but these these I mean we don't really know because it's the Middle Ages. But these mm -hmm. didn't have any any like the point of MPI is that there's no like biological origins sure. for it. There's no organic it's origins for it. So it's not real. Um, so this the, we'll we'll get to it a little later. But it's it's kind of hard to really confirm MPI existing or yeah. like a, an MPI outbreak because it's like you can't. I mean you don't know too much about it, and also there's like. You know, it's kind of a very loose definition. Yeah. So one of the other examples that I have uh, comes to us from nunneries, actually. Um, oh. Where a lot of the young ladies would exhibit a variety of behaviors, like using crude language or exhibiting suggestive behaviors. <laughs> and all of this was attributed to demonic D demonic possession of course so it is you're in a nunnery like where else is a <laughs> is a demon gonna possess people like nunnery is the perfect place oh these poor women were just deprived from the pleasures <laughs> of <laughs> life that's what, I was thinking. that's what i was thinking but like but it would it, the, the thing was this this demonic possession would spread like wildfire in these nunneries wow. and a, a very funny note about this was one specific convent had the symptoms of meowing like cats. So a bunch of nuns would just be meow. <laughs> and that was that was their possession. Like you're you're in church. You're fucking like in church, like praying, and then one of them's like meow and then like covers their mouth like no, no, not me. Not me. No. <laughs> oh my god. So now we're going to move a little later in history, uh, where MPI was specifically found among factory workers and school children, uh, among you know many other people. But um, so there's a lot to this wiki article. If you're interested in mass hysteria, you can give it a read. But basically, these outbreaks in factories again involve spirits. And the funny thing was they would bring in medicine men to, to deal with these spirits mm. and the hysteria would get worse as soon as they started trying to treat it. So it oh. would just like as soon as you validate it and say, yes, there's something wrong here, right. more people would start having that the mass hysteria. So right. it was it's it's crazy. You can't you can't win by trying to treat it. You've given um, it credence at that point. You've yeah, exactly like yeah. you said, like you validated it and now it's like there so goes the flood you, do? you ignore it but imagine if you're ignoring it and it actually is like a pathological thing demonic possession yeah. i mean that's that's the, the, the risk you run. <laughs> so there was um in in 1962 there was a a, a june bug outbreak um in, amongst a i been, i think it was a, a like a seamstresses in in a um like in a factory mm. and the word got around that a shipment contained bugs like a shipment of cloth contained bugs and those bugs would start you know they would bite their arms and and cause these rashes and and all kinds of different you know things like bug bites and this was completely like there was nothing there that was causing this but they were like a lot of these women would have like Can rashes on their skin and so they were just, they were convinced that it was these bugs wow. and it, it just wasn't. There was no, like, oh, there's my. no, like, physiological way that they were getting them. I'm so sorry. It's, it's nuts. It's like the I'm hives. just cracking up. I'm just imagining somebody showing up oozing and they're like, I'm an empath. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That does kind of suck though, but like also, oh my God. Yeah, right? Um, wow. And even more recently, 
uh, workers at a data center, uh, they complained about a mystery gas that, that they smelled and they were all rushed to the hospital with a wide array of symptoms. But in this case, literally nothing was found to cause these symptoms. So it was purely psychological. The same thing with the June bug outbreak, it was purely psychological. So wow. it was just, it's completely nuts. And what I found very interesting about this wiki article was that it was updated in July, 2022, <gasps> where an outbreak, we're talking about schools now, um, there was an outbreak uh, of MPI uh, that had was believed to occur in India, where I think it was a, a, a large number of um, like teenage girls had these like screaming fits and all kinds of different symptoms based off of that that were purely psychosomatic. And it, it was just like this big old outbreak of MPI. So wow. it's, it's occurring today. And, you know, this is there's like just no physical cause to these. And it's seen throughout the world. And what I just found is it, it happens amongst a bunch of different age groups and it happens like amongst a bunch of different cultures. So I'm guessing this is just mm. a human thing that like MPI is just a, a human thing. I think I remember, yeah. Yeah. I think I remember learning that it's like your body's response to apparent threat. So like if you see people maybe throwing up or fainting and then your body's like, oh, it, that could have been the water or the food. I need to expel whatever that was. Or mm. like the the same as if it was the bugs, like your body's already freaking out, thinking, "Oh my god, there's bugs." You could, you know, heighten your your nervous system so much to like start producing more histamines, then you start to get itchy. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's almost like your body's exactly. like, "I'm trying to help," but it's really not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a hundred percent. That's one hundred percent. Crazy. It. Like, absolutely. Now I'm scared yeah, that's of it. Cool. Well, just wait, because it gets better. <laughs> Because the next two things we're going to cover are terrorism and the internet. <gasps> oh, two of my favorite. Oh, <laughs> dear. No. Two of my favorite things. No. <laughs> so, um, what what is very interesting is that when a terrorist attack happens that has biological or chemical agents, there is a huge, huge influx of people believing that they've experienced the terrorist attack, oh. and so they start experiencing the symptoms of whatever agent was used. And show up at hospitals saying like, "Oh my God, I'm I'm like I've been exposed to this. Like I need help." And and they have all the symptoms, and so it's it's a very big problem because you know tons and tons of people are showing up at hospitals thinking they've you know had some kind of like biological or chemical agent. Yeah, exactly. Did that been happen with the anthrax scares? Yes, yes. That's that's very much it. That's one of the one of the examples. But another example. Uh, is the Havana syndrome, which we've talked about previously. We've got I wrong was previously. gonna yes. fucking ask. <laughs> yeah, that Havana is fascinating. Is, is, I yep, literally, I was literally like, I was literally like, what if that's just an MPI? And then I was like, that'd be so ignorant of me to just erase people's experiences. And then just like, the, oh no, that actually may be it. <laughs> <laughs> it's wow. it's like word get out word gets out that something is happening and then people start feeling the symptoms so it's just like you say i'm starting to feel this and then everyone's like oh my god i'm starting to feel that too so it's 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 this link that we have to each other you know it'd be fun is to test this what, on sociopaths because i reckon they wouldn't respond hmm. is someone who hmm. feels no empathy i wonder if they would feel no no um no empathetic response Mass to yeah. hysteria they'd just be sitting there really cool. drinking their margarita being like suckers 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. So we finally get to the Internet um, where this is I think this is going to become very, very relevant in just modern society with with uh, social media. Um, MPIs kind of can outbreak from from social media or uh, in the case of a very popular YouTube channel uh, where the presenter would exhibit Tourette's symptoms, um, after this channel became super popular, there was a huge increase in the amount of young people exhibiting tics, and it was believed to be related to this, what's called a social contagion, which spread through the internet, where wow. you know it was wanting to almost, um, I guess not really emulate this person, but because this really popular person had these tics, people started to pick up ticks as well. Oh and so that's that's just nuts to me that you can you can pass on not pass on, but you can just popularity give someone ticks, which is just right. like nuts to me. Right, right. Um, that like essentially, yeah, you've taken Tourette's and made it contagious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Exactly that. And it's it's gotten so bad. Um with social media that psychologists have classified the occurrences of MPIs on social media as mass social media induced illnesses or MSMIs. So it's so bad that they've, they've literally characterized it as a condition. Oh my Uh, God. So I'm just, just let that sink in that social media is causing these, these horrible things to outbreak because I remember, you know, that there was like forever ago, um, there's like, oh, there's spiders in the bananas. And like, if you open it up, there might be a spider in there. And then everyone was just like freaking out about that. And and a mass hysteria kind of happened. And people started to believe that like, if you bought bananas from this one store, you're going to find spiders in it. And it was just, it was just all nuts was to it, me. That, wait, that that's just not like, true. Was it started by an employee? I don't know. Because we had a similar thing in Australia, except with strawberries and it was needles. Someone had found like a needle in their strawberry and then a couple other people found needles in their strawberries. So then strawberries, poor strawberry, strawberry farmers almost went out of business because no one was buying strawberries. So it was just insane amounts of waste. It was an employee at the strawberry farm had planted some things and started this rumor. <gasps> wow. Isn't that insane? But people were like mass hysteria of not thinking they'd found needles, but too scared to buy it because they thought it could be real. I mean, this kind of reminds me of like, you hear that a certain object is getting recalled. Like, oh, like, you know, soy milk has to get recalled because it's making people sick or like, you know, E. coli, which is a real, you know, is a real thing. There can be like E. coli in the lettuce and stuff. But then I bet that you get a huge influx of people claiming that they're sick from these recall products and theirs are like totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all MPI. Humans that's are like weird. 100% MPI. Humans are very weird. And I like when I read this article, I really wanted to just understand how something like mass psychogenic illness could really spread throughout a population. But it turns out we really don't know. So, mm. you know, we just don't know too much about it in general. So it's just it's kind of just a phenomenon that exists. Yeah, it's like this interesting and, inter. Oh, sorry. No, no, you go for it. Um, it's like this interesting, interesting intersection between a psychological and a physi, a physical. I I'm realizing now the word might just be physiological. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. <laughs> no, it is you're you're very right. 
And I just, I find it very interesting that it's, this is so hard to study. Um, and then just because of that, we don't know why it spread so quickly or how it spread so quickly, but we just know that it does. And um, as I said, I think with the, the questionable information that's found on the internet, we're more likely going to see a lot more of MPI throughout the world. It's, it's, it's just going to happen because, you know, there's all this questionable information out there and it might get in your head and then all of a sudden you start feeling these symptoms and then now you're part of MPI. Ooh. So I, what kind I definitely want... Go on. No, no, sorry. Finish. Well, I definitely want to look more into MPI and kind of get an idea about it so that when something might happen, I might be able to sort of say like, wait, don't, don't go into mass hysteria yet. Like, let's just, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. So hopefully, hopefully recognizing it might be able to help stop a little bit of it, uh, maybe in the future, but I no, just hope anyone listening I'm is so going to be fucked. a little more aware of it. Yeah, I, no. I might be fucked too. Guys, I think there's, I think there's three types of people, and it's, you, it's Drew, me, and Sarah. Because <laughs> I was about to interrupt you and be like, what do you, what would you put on people? Like, what would you start that people would do? And Drew is, <laughs> and Drew is like, I want to learn so I can prevent this when I see it. And and Sarah's like, I'm fucked. Like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm fucked. <laughs> There's three people, three types of people. Yeah. Three types of people. Oh my god! Wow. I really want like okay, people, people who are listening. Like if you, if you could give everybody a symptom, what would you do? Like I want to hear tweet it. Go ahead, Gallus. I want to be like I want to be like guys. I can't. God, I cannot fucking stop complimenting strangers. Like I walk by and I'm like, I love your purse and I just can't control it. <laughs> that would be a great mass hysteria. Everybody's just bloody nice to each other for a yeah, day. Like that's- <laughs> that would be so good. I just imagine like, wow, you did great. Something great with your hair. And you're like, Oh my god, I can't believe I said that. I came out. I'm like waiting at the crosswalk and I'm like, you are so loved. And then I just keep going. You, you look back at them like, oh god. And then Sarah catches it because she's so impressionable and she's walking around like, fuck, I love science. I love being here at work right now. <laughs> no, my jumper does say science. Yeah, Sarah's go. wearing a sweatshirt right now. It says the gift that keeps on giving. Science. Science. Um, that's awesome. Wow. Good work, yeah. Drew. That was an excellent yeah. topic. I I was so happy with it. <laughs> get around, get around, I get around. Ooh, get around to my topic. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> it's Beach Boys. <laughs> it's Beach Boys. <laughs> it's Beach Boys. So you guys have kind of heard of, I almost said the Beastie Boys, totally different. The Beach Boys. <laughs> um, do you guys Definitely have like a... Of the Beach Boys. Yeah, like what kind of song comes to mind or even like their general vibe if you can't think of a song? Like, do you... Oh my God, surfer rock. Come on. They're okay. like the ideal surfer rock. Yeah, it... they are basically the surfer rock. Yeah. Yellow Summerine, is that them? No, what? That's <laughs> Beatles. What? <laughs> Beatles. <laughs> Beach Boys. Okay, hold on. I've got to Google. What are their songs? 
do they do? They do Barbara Ann. They do Surfer Girl. They do Fun, Fun, Fun. Like, fun, 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 till her daddy takes a T-bird away. Oh, yeah. They are excellent. You've heard them before. Exactly what Drew said. They are like surfer rock. That is what they are. So the the group that is the Beach Boys is very much like surfer, California beach, like sunshine, tan, hot girls, and everyone's just having a good time on the beach with their drinks kind of a thing. Uh, And the band itself is three brothers, their cousin, and a friend. Okay. Wow. And so Hmm. the the Wilson brothers uh, was, was Carl... Brian and Dennis, and then their cousin is Mike Love, and then Al Jardine was their friend. Yeah, he's a huge Trumpy asshole. I found out. Oh, uh, that's a shame. Real shame. He had his name handed to him, and he, you know, really he did. Could that. have done so much with that. Yeah, <laughs> not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> but of the living remaining members. It's Al Jardine, Brian Wilson, and Mike Love. And actually, there's, like, dramas. Like, half the band, like, Al Jardine and, and uh, Brian Wilson don't talk to Mike Love, even though Brian and Mike are cousins. Like, drama, drama. But it's fine. Um, the important thing, I guess, is that, in my humble opinion, Dennis, the drummer, is the hottest member of this group. Uh, I had no idea until I saw a picture of them while I was, you know scouting around wikipedia do you have an image that we can peruse for our oh yeah let me just put this in the chat i'm gonna put this in spoilers right now so sorry everyone who's about (laughs) to see a really hot bod we've got different taste in men oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh man he is so dreamy look at this boom Little nerd I mean, playing the not, drums. He's not bad. He's cute. He's cute. Well, you know what? I <laughs> feel like his brother, his brother, Brian Wilson, was really the genius behind the Beach Boys music. And they actually got in a fight. Dennis uh, got in a fight because all of the girls used to go after uh Dennis and and like go right Aww. past Brian and it was sad because Brian really was like the brilliance behind the music and they'd all be like Dennis and like go past yeah but anyway not, so not, what, not what not what I'm going to talk about no I actually was more interested in learning who Dennis Wilson was why I had never heard his name before and once I landed on his wiki page I wanted to find out why he died at 39 he died very, very young. Uh, so he Close to was, that 42 club. 27 club. There's a 42 club too. Elvis is, is there really? It. Yeah. Oh. Forget Close who else has died at 42. Yeah, Damn. 27, 42 are the years you would like to avoid. Got you. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Well, he was born in 1944, died in 1983 at 39 years old. And... In the Beach Boys specifically, his role, like just growing up, he was always a huge rebel. 
um, like he would just sneak out and like rather hook up with girls than like really do like he just wanted to work on cars than like make out with women like that was just his bad boy vibe <laughs> and his brother Brian was very much like locks himself in his room with his tape recorder and has Aww. perfect pitch and like made these really like tight like really good musical compositions and was a perfectionist and so Dennis was always like my brother's weird like my brother just sits in his room I'm out here like you know skipping school whatever like being a a hottie bad boy you know 50s and 60s bad boy and Brian used to always the nerdy one used to always get his brothers to come and record and harmonize together and this was kind of like the beginnings of the Beach Boys and their music Dennis was into surfing and was actually the only member of the Beach Boys who knew how to surf. Fun fact, wow. everybody in the Beach Boys sucked at surfing, except <laughs> for Dennis. So Dennis was like, here's this hot thing that everyone's doing right now. It's a really cool scene. You should so name it after the beach. Well, yeah, we should name we should name ourselves because I think that his brother wanted some like really nerdy name, and he was like, "No, we got to be the Beach Boys. Let's make all of our songs about surfing and about this like Southern California attitude, laid back attitude." Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> so they, the Beach Boys, were extremely famous, hit after hit after hit. And in the way that it happens with pretty much any music artist, especially when you reach fame really quickly and you're really young, drugs and alcohol become just a part of your life and a a huge part of your struggle. Dennis caught my attention because that was not his only struggle. And I'm going to need Sarah's help to tell this story. So I'm going to start telling the story of where his troubles really pick up. And I'm going to let Sarah take it over for a little bit. Sarah has no idea what I'm going to do. I have no idea what's happening. All right. So it's, what year is it? 1968. And Dennis is driving through Malibu. And there are these two female hitchhikers. It's April 6th. And he sees these hot two female hitchhikers. And he picks them up and drops them off where they need to go. Five days later, he's driving and he sees the same two hitchhikers and he picks them up and he's like, we're old friends. Like, you know, what's up? What's your name? Whatever. And they start chatting about kind of like life and vibes and whatever. And he's like, oh, actually, like I've got a guru at the time. Actually, the Beach Boys have been going to India with the Beatles and they actually had a a guru like, you know, a uh, sort of spiritual guide. And they were like, oh, we have one too, who we feel really strongly about. Charlie Manson. Holy shit. How did you know? I just got the vibes. Yep. He drives the girls home to his house. I don't know why. The article did not explain why. He goes to record with the Beach Boys and comes home and Charles Manson is standing in his driveway. Fuck off. It's dead serious. So Charles Manson. Oh my God. Manson. Sorry. <laughs> Charles Manson. Charles Manson is, uh, is standing in his driveway and says, oh, we knew each other. We met at a party a long time ago where I came to go buy weed. And you told me that I could come to your house anytime. Hmm. Already pretty sketch. One of the hitchhikers was Patricia. 
Patricia Krenwinkle. I don't know if her name is familiar. Well, she was one. She was one of the five or the the Sharon Tate scene, right? I believe so. She has her own dedicated article. Um, she was. Yep. Oh no! I was just often at her life choices there. Oh, Patricia. In To the family, she was most known as Katie. But this is why I wanted to uh, throw it over to you for a minute, Sarah. Who is Charles Manson? Why is this such a big deal? And what kind of doom are we expecting here? Where okay. is this story going? Yeah. You want to tell us okay. for a second? So Charles Manson was basically a cult leader. So he was very, very charismatic or apparently everything you see of him, you're just like that little weirdo convinced people that he knew the end of the world and how to save it. And this whole idea of Helter Skelter, the, the, uh, you know, Beatles recorded. Yeah. The Beatles song, he said it was a command to him. Yeah. A command to him to be able to have a race war because, you know, white people were treated so badly in his eyes, which is delusional. Um, oh, shit. He's insane, insane, but he had his own commune, his own commune on an old Hollywood, um, I think it was like an old Western set that they had basically like kind of taken over from, from whoever owned it. And they lived out in the desert, like out near past LA into, into the desert type scenery. And it was super culty community vibes. And his idea was that the rich were getting richer. And so we had to take down the rich and he ordered the slaying of Sharon Tate. And uh, I think it was meant to be Roman Pulaski, possibly. I think she was married to him, but he wasn't there. So, yeah, he, he had ordered this murder, murder in this like Hollywood Hills mansion or, you know, this very, very high profile couple. Um, so Sharon Tate was like eight months pregnant, murdered her child died as well and then several of their friends who were also around at the house were also murdered massive thing because people are like what the fuck is happening here this is like a mass murder they figured out it was the mansons but it wasn't just charles manson who did it he ordered it so he technically didn't kill anybody but he ordered these people to do it and the people were young young people like young teenage slash early 20s idiots and they would refer to him as command yeah, they would call him the wizard. They Fuck really, off. really believed in his, yeah, charismatic leadership. So at Ugh. first, Brian Wilson is like, this guy's a genius. I'm sorry, not Brian Wilson. Oh my God, Dennis Wilson is like, this guy's a genius. And no. he actually invites the family. So that's the name of the cult. Oh my that's God. With, the family starts living out of his mansion on Sunset Boulevard in california oh it gets worse so it's no it's like dennis wilson charles manson and like 17 other young women who are just like living in this commune in his house and the manson family is burning through this guy's fortune like like dennis is footing the bill for literally everything and the article i shit you not talks about how they burn through his money at the time, it was $100,000, but in today's money, it would be about $780,000, so wow. almost a million dollars. They burned wow. through on cars, clothes, food, and penicillin because they all kept getting gonorrhea. 
All right. <laughs> so for about six months, they partied really hard uh, at Dennis's mansion, doing a lot of drugs and things like that. And the Manson family, like I, you, Sarah, I put you on the spot with no preparation and you like gave the perfect intro. So like they started, (laughs) they started destroying his wealth. So like one of the things that they did was they took his Ferrari and Mercedes Benz and just crashed them. In fact, the Mercedes Benz was crashed outside that ranch you were talking about, like the movie set. Um, They would just like, I think, throw things off of like a cliff and things like that. Wow. Uh, It was... It was bad and it got worse. He said that at one point, Dennis in an interview had said, if anything, they're supporting me. I had all the rich status symbols, a Rolls Royce, a Ferrari, home after home. Then I woke up, gave away 50 to 60% of my money. Now I live in one small room with a candle and I'm happy finding myself. So for a while, oh. Dennis was a prisoner in his own home. That His literal mansion was handed over to the Manson family, and he had one room with a candle while they spent away his fortune. What oh was God, even- they were just fucking him over. They were like, fuck you, rich bastard. Big time, big time. Like he, at some point, Dennis was like, this guy's a fucking genius and we're going to write songs together. So at some point, Dennis of the Beach Boys records songs with Charles Manson and thinks that the guy is like actually a really good songwriter. And there actually is still a Beach Boys song where Charles Manson is not credited, but he is a co-writer and it did end up getting published. And the Beach Boys song is never, sorry, never learn not to love. Um, on the album, it's only credited to Dennis as writing it, but it was Dennis and Charles Manson, which oh I did not know God. that this connection existed. Yeah. So at some point, Wilson realizes that he's in a bad situation, but the cult has taken yeah. over his whole house. So he starts staying on a friend's couch because he's afraid to kick the cult out of his own house. And he's afraid to call the police on them. Cause at this point they are like straight up murdering people. And so he's scared of them. So he's like, you know what? You guys just take my house. Like I'm just going to go be safe somewhere else. Like I can't deal with this. So he basically moves out of his own house. His the All of his household possessions are just trash and owned by the family. And uh, at around this time, Manson didn't want to let Dennis go. So he left a bullet with the housekeeper and a note that said, it's a bullet. Every time, oh, sorry. What's this? It's a bullet. Every time you look at it, I want you to know how nice it is that your kids are still safe. And apparently, Dennis beat the shit out of Charles Manson. Manson. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, beat the shit out of him when, when he said this. But he was still, like, very, very scared of him. And poor Dennis, like, went further into his drug addiction, you know, trying to, like, kind of escape all of the stuff that was that was around him. And blame him. What a nightmare. Like, a literal nightmare. <laughs> 
Yeah, he the the poor guy. He was he was really scared. I mean, just throughout the article, he was like, I was way too scared to do anything, and he felt really bad about what he had done because he basically introduced Charles Manson to a bunch of people who were like high up in in Hollywood. In Hollywood. Yeah, so the tapes that were recorded. This was the exact quote that I was looking for. Wilson destroyed the tapes of songs that they recorded together. And the quote was, the vibrations connected with them didn't belong on this earth. So that's like fucking drenched in evil. Like that's like the vibe I get is like, and it's crazy to imagine the Beach Boys, like, you know, super happy, gimmicky, surfer rock, like everything's great recording with charles manson and then being like those vibrations were too evil for this fucking it's planet good vibrations. it's not good vibrations <laughs> you do know their songs you do that's my favorite that's my favorite beach boys song but um Anyway, throughout the years, Wilson continued to receive death threats from the Manson family, and they were would they like call him. In his house at this point, or I they'd think kind of they moved were. On? I think they were evicted. Like I think that they had Good. moved on, and they were pissed. Um, but they would get. He would get random phone calls that were just like, "You're next," and Jesus. that's it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So in 1976, so now we're like almost 10 years later, he said, I don't talk about Manson. I think he's a sick fuck. I think of Roman and all those wonderful people and, you know, gets into how, you know, they were murdered and everything like that. But says, you know, I know why he did what he did. And someday I'll tell the world. I'll write a book and explain why he did it. He never wrote that book. He never wrote that book. And so what's so crazy is, like I said, he died at 39. He died pretty early into the 80s. And people believe that he died because he was doing a lot of drugs and alcohol and LSD and couldn't tell the difference between reality and fantasy anymore. And he was out on a boat where he had gotten in an argument with his ex-wife years ago. And I guess things like her belongings were thrown off the boat. And so he was out on his boat and just like must have been drunk and high and whatever and was like, I got to get those things back and drowned. But it's kind of like, yeah, tragic, but it's also like, but like, do you think it could have been one of the Manson? Like, you know, that's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know. This is very much like Natalie Woods who drowned Air quotation marks. Very sus. Yeah, like, I I didn't... This this, uh, speculation I have only comes from, like, skimming the wiki article. Like, I didn't read into more things that were like, no one knows. This is just me (laughs) being like, wow, you really pissed off the Mansons, and then suddenly you drowned. Like, you know... But it, but he did have a ton of drug and alcohol abuse yeah. that definitely led up to it. Uh, but it was, you know, just shocking that I thought that this was such an upbeat kind of one dimensional sort of like, yay, woohoo, we're the Beach Boys. Like, not really as deep our songs, you know. And then it's like <laughs> Charles Manson. <laughs> like, wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all I've got on that. I just want to let you know that 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 wow. existed. That happened in time in the 60s. Wow. Yeah. The 60s was 
a batshit crazy time. Yeah, every My time God. I learn about it, I'm like, that's why boomers are the Can way they are. <laughs> Can I interject a fun fact? Sure. On boomers and why they are the way they are, or a, a speculation. So you know how the 60s, 70s was just like the amount of crime and violent crime was rampant. Like even when you do all the statistics for crime per capita, um, it is insane through the sixties and the seventies. And then it drops back down to today's levels, which is still not good, but it's not like it was. Okay. And there's this really cool correlation between how much lead was in the air from leaded petrol, from gasoline (gasps) in the, from the, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, when these people were being born and so many studies have shown that elevated lead levels in your blood um, basically stunt your emotional, physical growth, especially your intellectual capabilities. And so there, there's like hundreds of millions of IQ points have been docked off that generation. And it's none of their own doing. It was the environment they were literally brought up in just breathing leaded air. Wow. And it leads to more violent people. So there's that correlation between violence and then lead poisoning, basically. This is what these people had without even knowing it. What Um, do you think the microplastics are going to do to us? Oh, my God. I think there'll be a scary correlation of something. Um, Oh, my God. But it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's why uh, the 60s and the 70s, everyone's like, oof. What a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should leave us with a quote that Christine McVie, McVie of Fleetwood Mac uh, briefly dated <gasps> Dennis. I love uh, Dennis Wilson. Okay, is it McVie or McVie? McVie, I think. Okay, Christine McVie of Fleetwood Mac briefly dated Dennis and, and their bandmate Mick Fleetwood once said that Christine almost went mad trying to keep up with Dennis, who was already like a man with 20 thyroid glands, not counting the gargantuan amounts of coke and booze that he was shoving down pretty much. But she she had said, um, she described him herself as saying that half of him was like a little boy and the other half was insane. So Dennis was a wow. bit of a spitfire. Uh, you know, kinda, it kind of reminds me of like, yeah, burning real fast and real bright kind of a thing. Yeah. Like he's live fast, die young. That's it. That's that. it. Yeah. But he really was the whole vibe of the Beach Boys. I mean, without him, the rest of the band would have just been a bunch of, you know, band geeks. Uh, so he no. brought all the cool factor <laughs> in. <Yeah. laughs> he brought the cool factor. He brought the branding. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was. Yep, that was my weirdness. Wow. I love it. That I love it. It's perfect. Amazing. That was a good. That was a great rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. I do not think I can top a surprise Charles Manson mention. <laughs> <laughs> but I am very excited to tell you all about cunning folk slash helpful folk magic and its history. Yeah, bring um, the mood up. Oh, hell yeah. So I thought you would find it funny that so I went from beeson to peppermint to witchcraft. Apparently witchcraft and peppermint are one and the same (laughs) (laughs) to cunning folk. Um, So it was very quick to get here. And I thought it was very fun that it was all through peppermint, which is one of my favorite flavors in the world. So I don't know what that says about me. 
you're a witch. You're She's a witch. a witch. She's a witch. So cunning folk or helpful folk magic was a little bit different to the whole she's a witch vibe in history um and they were less persecuted so we'll go through that so to define the topic do a drew so from the middle ages up until the early 20th century practitioners of folk medicine um were often confused to be magic or practicing divination and their nickname depending on where you were in the world was either a cunning folk or a help uh, like a helpful magic folk um so you know anyone who was practicing kind of like naturaling natural pathic medicine especially mm-hmm. across europe and england was kind of considered these cunning folk because some of the things were considered a little bit um witchcrafty or like what they were doing was magic and it's it's not magic nothing yeah, is but magic like- yeah, but, like, if you don't understand the way that, like, chemicals work, then it's going to be like, why would you have me eat this herb? What? It worked? Like, what the fuck? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I literally have further down, I'm like, they were just bloody scientists that nobody took seriously. But we'll get yeah. to that. <laughs> so um, their practices could include anything from traditional folk medicine to even throttling witchcraft uh, in other people. So if someone was accused of being a witch they had a helpful spell that would help that which i think is ironic um (laughs) that the witches were getting accused and the the cunning folk were like here drink this so i don't know i feel like that's double standards (laughs) yeah (laughs) so cunning folk is originally referred to folk healers magic workers across britain but the name is now applied as kind of this umbrella term to all of types of similar people across parts of Europe. So I thought we'd break it down into regions. Mm. So our first region is in Scandinavia. Okay. Which is quite fun. So in Scandinavia, they would be called cloak gummer or wise woman or cloak gooby, wise man. So you were either wise woman or man, depending on your gender. Um, Or collectively, you could be called the wise ones. Mm. Um, and that's mm. as they were known in the Swedish tongue. So they were usually elder members of the community who acted as the folk healers and the midwives in the town. So they were kind of like your go-to person if something was wrong. Um, and they were known for using their folk magic in quotation marks, um, including using magic rhymes. And I was like, oh, oh man, what's a magic rhyme? <laughs> it's the so- motherfucking chicken dance. this is how the dancing plague started it was all a magic rhyme (laughs) magic rhymes can be anything from like a written down spell a spell song a spell charm like anything that is like a magic spell or like words that are meant to Cast like an something like an intention like an intentional yeah. yeah okay yeah like i'm intentionally saying these words to try do something then that can be considered a magic rhyme gotcha which is pretty cool so it could be written spoken whatever it might be so most of the wise ones across scandinavia would have a copy of something they called the black book which is basically uh, a grimoire of spells so it was like yeah. your local neighborhood spell book that each of these folk healers would have and they would have everything you need in this spell book so it would be like 
spells in quotation marks where it's like mix mixing different medicines and herbal things and again the people especially hundreds of years ago that the common folk didn't really understand what was happening but these wise folk had figured out that certain plants had different properties that were useful mm. but um whatever was written down was still considered a spell which i think is funny it's like a little recipe spell <laughs> yeah it is just a recipe book yeah <laughs> um and i often think of like in D D. Like, depending on what type of magic you are, you've got to have everything in a book. Um, and mm. I think of these people like that. Oh, you also got to have your components and all that. You, you got to have you your cast components. Your spell. Yeah. You got to have your components. Can't do magic without the lily root. It's very yeah. important. <laughs> <laughs> so, normally found in the Black Book was, yeah, all these different spells. And I thought it was fascinating that they've actually got some copies of these Black Books that still exist today that have been wow. found through excavations and so one of them that was recovered near uh, elven run contains many different formulas so different spells but really it's just medicine formula and one was for a toothache and this particular spell commands that the user charm to write down the words argan narigan varigan jarigan araparigan and spilar those those words you write them write them down on a piece of paper on a new new piece of paper with a brand new pen. The pen could not have written any words before. You then have to cut the paper into three small pieces and you have to place the first piece on the tooth that is aching and you do this in the evening. You let that dissolve whatever it does in your mouth and then um, in the morning you spit the remaining stuff into a fire and you just continue this for the three pieces. And then apparently after your three doses of magic paper, your toothache should be cured. Now, wow. This is mm. like, this would not work. This has no grounds in, in science. But I mean, if you're in pain, you do what you got to do, right? I would do any, I've done some stupid things, stupid folk medicine <laughs> things. I once taped a piece of bread to my arm because of a folk remedy for a, a a skin disease I had. Not disease. Did it work? No, it made it so much worse. It got so <laughs> infected. It was not good. Oh. <laughs> Imagine explaining that to your doctor, though. Like, hi, I found this on the internet. Dude, um, it got so much. No, it wasn't on the internet. I was, like, vacationing with an- my ex and his family, and I had, like, an open wound, basically. And they were like, oh, that happens to us all the time. Oh, it was worse. It was it was put a raw egg on a piece of bread and tape that to your arm. And the proteins from the egg and the bread, the bread will absorb the wrong things. Dude, I was so stupid no. about this. I taped it to my arm overnight. It got so infected that I had a fever. And I didn't know that it was connected, that the fever was connected. I thought I was just irritable because I was in a lot of pain. And then I was at work and I banged it so hard that it hurt worse than a broken bone. And then I told my boss, I was working in the supermarket. I told him like, you know, I'm changing these bandages like three times a day. And I'm still like, these are fine. This is fine. I told my boss I need to go to the hospital because I texted my mom who happened to be out to dinner with a friend who's a doctor. The friend found out I had a fever and was like, you need to go to the ER right now. And I tell my boss like, there's this doctor telling me to go to the ER and he's like, well, I don't really want to be an asshole in case 
it is bad. I was like, listen, I'm walking out the door. This was a courtesy to let you know I'm going to the ER, but you didn't want to let me leave. I go. And it turns out that um, I almost got gangrene in my joint and they would have had to oh amputate my, my arm. God, from a yeah. fucking piece of bread. A piece or of bread from- and, a, and a raw An egg. egg. <laughs> That is insane. I would have sued the shit out of your your ex in laws. Be like, that was the worst advice. Here is my medical bills. It was so stupid. They had to give me they had to give me a penicillin shot in both arms and prescribe like pills. Like they just like annihilated my body with like. Did anti-vector. you admit the bread thing? Oh, I did not tell them that. They were like, "This is on your elbow." And I was like, yeah, I fucking know it's on my elbow. It hurts like hell every time I bend my arm. And they were like, no, like this almost went to your elbow joint. Like there would have been no saving you if it infected your joint. And I was like, oh, oh. my God. Oh. Wow. Okay, so you've heard it here first. If you need medical attention, please <laughs> go to the doctor. Yep, which this is my I, PSA. Which I feel, I feel a bit evil saying because I live in a world... Well, I live in a country where the medical care is accessible. But this makes this kind of brings me back to a point which makes me really sad is when you are in a really tough situation and if you can't afford medical care, you will try almost anything, right? And I feel like back in the ye old times where there almost was no medical care unless you had a, a proper right. doctor, what else are you going to do but stick some paper on your sore tooth and hope that it works? I would definitely do that. I mean, case in point, I'm already dumb enough to tape bread to my arm. Like, obviously, I would put paper in my mouth. <laughs> but yeah, if I'm in pain, I'm going to try anything. Mm. Yeah, I feel like the weird remedies I've tried for migraines are bizarre. Like taping peas to your head, frozen peas. <laughs> it worked That's really like, well. I just imagined you with a crown of individual peas. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So another charm or spell that was found in this recovered black book was one to help women who were having a really difficult labor. And the spell says to take two white lily roots to grind them up and give them to the mother to eat. And so naturally I wanted to know what was the science behind the white lily root? Like, was there something that it actually did or was it just a placebo effect? And it turns out that the the root of the white lily is really useful because it is an anti-inflammatory and can be used as a pain reliever. So this is where I'd written down that it's like, it's not magic. It's like biochemistry. And these people have legitimately figured out that there's different, you know, organic processes that happen within chemicals that you know can help us Mm. so i thought that was really interesting so across scandinavia there were some famous cases of these wise or magic folk being uh, punished for their crimes because of course it was quite a religious place several hundred years ago across europe and england very very christian and the idea of magic was often associated with Satan, which we'll get to a bit later when we enter Britain. Um, but there was a couple of really famous wise people. One of them was Britta Boren um, of Gotland. And she was being interrogated by the court 
as to how how did she heal people how did she do this was it magic was it satan um and in court she'd said that she learned to heal the sick when she spent some time in the underworld (laughs) which i'm like don't admit that first of all what underworld what did you take i think she took mushrooms and experienced something um, but yeah, so she admitted that in a court of law, which did not go well in her favor um, because she was sentenced to some prison terms, one in 1722 and another one in 1737. Do you think so. it was sarcasm? <laughs> oh, my God. That so, so funny. Yeah, in the fucking underworld. <laughs> Oh my god, I love her even more if she was like, you fucking idiot. Like, yes, I learned it in the underworld. Go to jail. Oh man. Wow, because that's the one guy I feel like I would do. Like, if I got in trouble for physics, I'd be like, yeah, I learned it in a portal. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> Ali- aliens told me. Like, fucking, I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So across Scandinavia, these uh, customs uh, practiced and were persistent all until the 20th century um, until medical doctors became more and more accessible to the general public. But until then, each county, each town, village, whatever, kind of had their their folk medicine people that they would go to. And it was, you know, still in some censuses from the 19th century, every single neighborhood in Norway had at least one folk healer as a Mm. profession. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, that's pretty widespread, more widespread than I would think. Yeah. Um, So we now enter Great Britain, where some truly amazing historical stuff has happened, especially when we talk about, like, witch hunts. Um, And thankfully, these people, like, narrowly avoided being hunted as witches. So Britain is where the word cunning folk originates. Um, But people could also be called wizards or conjurers. So Mm. I think I would take conjurer Mm. over a a cunning folk. Mm. Yeah. So it's probably no no surprise that certain Christian theologians, theologians? Theologians. 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 Yes, that word. And the church authorities uh, believed that the cunning folk, uh, because they were practices of magic, were obviously in the league with the devil and as such were akin to the the satanic life um, and they were more malevolent than witches because witches were obviously just born magic, whereas these people were like, in bed with the devil to get their magic. Mm. Like they sought it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which again, it's all bullshit. There's no magic. I wish there was magic. That would be a great world. But here we are with our stupid science. Um, Well, that one woman went to the underworld, so anything's possible. (laughs) Poor love. She threw up the devil horns. It was just like, let's go to the underworld. (laughs) (laughs) So, with this in mind, some laws were enacted across England and Scotland uh, and even Wales that often condemned cunning folk and their magical practice. But thankfully, there wasn't this widespread persecution because the general public was like, oh, you know, these people actually help us. Like if I've got yeah. a toothache, they help me, you know, they help me with my labor. So the people were like, mm, we're going to let this one slide, even if they are magic because they are very helpful magic. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
They avoided the witch hunt, so that's nice. I mean, I've never given birth, but I feel like I would sell my soul to the devil to not feel pain giving birth. Like, if that's Uh, the trade, I would make that trade. Me too. Take it. I don't want it. (laughs) The soul, (laughs) that is. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So in Britain, in 1963, after the return of the power of the Anglican Church of England, uh, a bill was passed. Wait, 1963? 1963? Sorry, 1563. Sorry. Sorry. Very different. (laughs) Very different times. The Beach Boys! (laughs) (laughs) Charlie! Charlie! So, in 1563... Anglican Church is back in power and they passed this bill in Parliament that was designed to illegalise conjurers, enchantments and witchcraft. Again, this has been aimed at uh, the alleged witches and the cunning folk, um, but this law was not as harsh as the earlier laws in, in Parliament where the death penalty was pretty common if you were convicted of these crimes. Um, but they they re they rejected it a little bit to say that the death penalty was only imposed for those who ha- were believed to have conjured up an evil spirit directly from Satan, uh, or murdered somebody through magical means. So that's kind of yeah, that's reasonable. Good compromise. Yeah, yeah. Don't make a devil. Don't murder people, and you're good to go. Yeah, then the so rest good- is your business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I wanted to finish up the, the Great Britain area with, I'll finish with one of the newer witchcraft laws, which is from uh, 1736, named the Witchcraft Act. And back in 1736, uh, they did not accept the existence of magic. And so Parliament took the opinion that there never was, never has been, never will be any witches, no magic, um, and therefore... They came down heavier on cunning folk who were claiming to perform magic. Oh, they're like, mm. wow! Like, really? It's not magic. This is science, or this is you know. Really bullshit. turned that on its head. Yeah. So now you're a charlatan. Yeah. And they in the law it was written as um, that the practice was explicitly fraudulent, designed to fool the credulous. Wow. And gain money, gain money oh. off, off the unwilling. Wow. That's yeah. fascinating too, because that's like, first of all, like never thought that there would be a law that says magic doesn't exist. Like that's just kind of like a weird <laughs> law. But also like, you know, as soon as you said 1700s, I was thinking like, okay, we've got some like pretty significant developments in science around that time. Mm. And so it's interesting that now people are, you know there's this cultural shift to distinguishing between folk medicine and science because i'm i'm willing to believe that there was probably still a lot of overlap but it's interesting that this might have really expedited that overlap or that separation thank you so much everybody for listening and for hanging out with us we love you immensely uh if you want more fun and hijinks head over to go ask alice oh you know what nope it's just go ask alice pod Mm mm-hmm it is that mm-hmm. on Twitter. Yes. <laughs> there is a link tree to all of our other links, like our website, a permanent invite to our discord. Come hang out on our discord because it's gotten really funny. Um, it's my favorite thing to check every day. Uh, there is a toilets of Tamriel channel. If you do like to wander around Skyrim for toilets, 
I'm just going to say that. Come hang out on Patreon. There's exclusive Patreon uh, materials. Sarah just ordered a fuck ton of stickers that look awesome. Uh, So you get all kinds of goodies if you join our Patreon. And that's all from me. We love Avalanche Bob. We do love Avalanche Bob. We love Avalanche Bob. (laughs) Yes. I'd die for that man. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Let's get out of here. (laughs) Bye bye. Bye. (laughs) They're like, oh, let's do a let's do a canned scream. And (laughs) Zach do a do a scream and he goes, (laughs) Aug!